subtly. Well, we start every podcast. It's just always deeper. It's always deeper than I imagine it should be. I feel like it gets deeper each time we start to record. (laughs) So eventually it will just be full Darth Vader. Exactly. All right. Are you good? Yes, I'm good. All right. So let's see. Do I have a script or anything? You've been watching anything good recently? Uh, I'm about to start Peaky Blinders, but no, I just finished Inuyasha, the final act, you know, getting ready because they're coming (laughs) up with the spinoff. They're coming up with a spinoff of Inuyasha. What's that going to be? When is it going to be? No, what is it going to be? I don't remember what the name of it is, but it's about him, him and his brother's kids. And instead of being in like the feudal times, they go back and they're in like the modern era. It's like a twist. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. So, you know. I I'm regret asking. I, I don't know what I thought was going to happen. I, I thought maybe you'd make it more interesting, but that's fine too. I mean, that's all that they've really released that I've seen about it. So there might be more stuff, and I just have I'm just not, like, a gigantic fan of Inuyasha, I guess. But, you know, it's all good. But today, we're not talking about Inuyasha. Today, we are talking about the Disney Renaissance area. A- area. Yes, the area. You know, like, you take a <laughs> like left. Like Area 51? <laughs> you take a left at Disneyland, you get to the Renaissance area. Um, <laughs> the Disney Renaissance era. Um, these are the, the nine movies that kind of shipped disney back into shape while also making them question a lot of things right afterwards so we're going to talk about that today if you're uninitiated which you know maybe you are maybe you just discovered this podcast maybe your friend was like hey these guys suck you should listen and then make fun of them in comments below uh, maybe that's what happened either way welcome to right in the feels the nostalgia podcast that hits you right in the feels like a gut punch like hey do you remember that time where fred savage's friend's brother died on uh the wonder years yeah just remember that i don't have any interesting commentary to say about it just remember that sad thing that happened remember your childhood it's gone now and uh (laughs) that's this podcast like all those toys that you can't play with anymore because your mom threw them away because she said you need to grow up terry and then she kicked you that's that's this podcast you know no one's mom (laughs) was kicking them except for yours my mom, I want the record to show. I see that a lot. My mom has never kicked me. <laughs> my mom never <laughs> physically abused me. I want everyone to know this. This is more of the hyperbole. calls and scares me. This is more of the hyperbole then? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up about the hyperbole, okay? It was one email. I can't, I can't get the email out of my head, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> With me today, I have my co-host, Chelsea. Chelsea, thank you for joining me. Anytime. You don't sound like it would be anytime. You almost sound like you're about to hang up right now. No, no, no. I'm good. I ate two cookies, so. <laughs> Is that fuel for, for podcasting? I had two cookies. <laughs> yeah, it was my reward for a good day. <laughs> what was so good about it? Uh, Well, because we're doing Disney Renaissance, I watched a bunch of remakes and I deserved a reward afterwards. <laughs> I did like the, the the message I got from you earlier. It says, "Hey, walking watching the Aladdin remake. I boycotted out of principle, but I will watch it for you in the podcast." <laughs> so and I, I did. You falling on that and sword for me. I did watch it. So two hours. Listen, and qu- I, I liked minutes. Will Smith's rendition. I didn't think it was a horrible film. I didn't think it did anything new, really. That was awesome. I, yeah, they added a little bit of agency to Jasmine, which was cool since she had. She had None. more than all the other Disney princesses, but that's not saying a lot. So I have some thoughts about about it, but I was right. thinking, we'll get, we we'll should, get yeah, we should we should just save the give everybody the remake. Give everybody the <laughs> giant overview for what the Renaissance era of Disney is first. So essentially, the Renaissance era 
area. Okay, you got me saying it now. The Renaissance period in in Disney animation was, I mean, just like any Renaissance, a revitalization of the animation studio. Uh, for a while, they thought that they were going to potentially have to close what had at one point, you know, in the 50s and, and prior to that, to the mid 50s about been like their bread and butter so to speak um like they were gonna close down the animation studios they were talking about selling it off yeah they were talking okay. about like about um selling off that particular part like they weren't seeing any kind of growth they weren't seeing anything new they weren't seeing any positive uh positive feedback i mean i guess they talk about you know like the dark like the twilight era that that precedes this and it's the black cauldron which you can't find anywhere you know like super scary still to this day and that was 85 and then i i mean i i agree i like it a lot and i always uh have liked it a lot the great mouse detective is also one that's that's in there and but the great the great mouse detective sort of showed that they could still do things it was after uh don bluth had left and he had taken like 17 percent of the animators with him when he left in like the early 80s i want to say like 83 something like that and when he left, they were like, what the fuck? He went and like made a bunch of successful stuff while they were like still floundering. And uh you still there? Yeah, there. can you oh I'm sorry, can you hear me? It's okay. Yeah, I can hear you now. Okay. So he left, made some successful movies. I don't know if you've heard of Land Before Time. I have big fan, big fan. <laughs> um as well so as he, all those... So he left to make better movies for a little while. Right, because they weren't really doing anything. They were in, like, a stagnation period. Um, some of the higher-ups were doing, like, shuffling around and, like I said, talking about, like, dispersing with parts of the company. And that was when they and, were getting ready to revitalize the Disney parks, right? So right. there was so some, the, some division of money coming. Exactly. And they had basically fallen back to TV. Uh, they had, like, which they before had never really used as... I mean, obviously you had like Mickey and, and Donald and Goofy and stuff like like that were on, you know, Steamboat Willie style cartoons. Yeah, but, but they like were that, starting now they had bought ABC and they had the wonderful world of Disney and they were like, Right. They the were starting to and... Right, and, and that was more where their focus lie at this point, uh, not really on the traditional like what had gotten them started animation sort of thing, uh, with like the with the animated films. So I guess like when the chips were down, you know, they allowed for more creative freedom. They had lost all these writers. They brought in um, like new people and new management and they were working out of not even like a very prestigious building. It was basically just, it was uh, basically just like uh, like an industrial complex. Yeah. So I, I looked at, I looked at the office building cause I had heard, I had been reading a lot of stuff after you sent me this article on it and I looked up some other articles. Every single article mentions that they were living, they, they were working out of this like humdrum office. And yeah, it looks it looks worse than my office. <laughs> yeah, it's like a warehouse looking building. Um, yeah. so it was very much like not typical compared to where they had been, but it was just like they weren't getting the funding and and that sort of deal. And then, so in '89, uh, Little Mermaid came out. And they had been, I guess, which I also had not found this out. I thought that they had started Little Mermaid, like the idea behind releasing it and all that good, good stuff in the early 80s. But when I read a couple articles uh, earlier today, they had been thinking about doing it, I guess, like since Walt Disney had been alive, right? Like in the 30s and 40s. Right. They they had. um, Oh, sorry. Just had like a weird (laughs) something come up in my chest. But they had been like tossing around the idea because, I mean, it's just a Hans Christian Andersen take on you know i mean like story rewrote right. into it right rewrote into uh, a disney princess you know 
fall in love sort of sort of deal did roger rabbit have anything to do with like the kind of like i would like the renaissance i was gonna say that and i was like oh yes pun intended like of disney like i know because that came before right and that kind of kick-started a lot of people's interest in yep so animation. so steven spielberg uh produced who framed roger rabbit in 88 and it was after he had done a bunch of stuff um like an american tale with Don Bluth and then they had a falling out and then he came to Disney you know because what stab him right in the back go back to his prior employer and all this other jazz. Do you think that's why Why I almost said Stephen King <laughs> why Steven Spielberg made um, Jurassic Park he's like fuck you Bluth alright like so <laughs> <show> you dinosaurs <laughs> I, that, I had not thought of that but maybe because <laughs> so, now I, I'm going to say that now I, yeah, I, I mean, he called Michael Crichton the next day after that he got to a fight with him he's like listen dude i need the book like yeah i understand what you were going for no 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 i just gotta stick it to that motherfucker (laughs) land before time my ass (laughs) any (laughs) i had never thought of it that way but yes yes somewhat perhaps uh anyway after he produced uh who framed roger rabbit uh there was it captured audience's attention and it showed that um feature length animation even though i mean who framed roger rabbit who framed Roger Rabbit is like a Who conglomeration. Robert Rabbit was uh, part of the area <laughs> renaissance. <of> Disney. <laughs> um, but it it because it wasn't purely animation, you know. I no, mean, it was that, a combination of live action and animation right. and kind of married that. Not to be undone by Cool World, though. Everyone remembers Cool World. It's like Roger Rabbit, but with more sex and more Brad Pitt. So I check out that little gem. I don't think I've ever seen Cool World. It's not good, but it well, has, I didn't think so. Your it has a very similar not... plot. It's like a noir tale, and Brad Pitt instead of the dude from Hook plays uh, um, plays the detective. Oh, okay. Well, yes. it, <laughs> so do- it doesn't sound it doesn't sound good. I'm just gonna maybe pass on that. No, one, we're the watch though. Seriously, we're the watch. It's not like just... the worst film of all time, but all the things that I said happen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, anyway, who, who Framed Roger Rabbit, you know, sets Disney up to see that, I believe it was the number one box office of, like, the summer or whenever it was released, 1988, 1988. 88, 89, somewhere on there, right? Yeah, and so they were like, yeah, they were like, oh, you know, people will go and see somewhat in quasi-animation, like, there's an audience for it, there's a market for it, and they had just hired in um, new talent. Uh, especially in the form of Howard Ashman and Alan Menken Menken, uh, to the creative team. Um, They were Broadway collaborators, so that's how you get more of the musical influence starting to be... be... Is that why they switch instead of like doing like just like another adventure movie like Great Mouse Detective or Who Framed Roger Rabbit? They get Menken and he's like, listen, I'm on Broadway. Let's let's sing this bitch. Yeah, he's like, he's like, hey, uh, well, actually, Ashman's like, hey, I know somebody from Broadway, Jody, Jody Benson, and she can be the little mermaid <laughs> and and That's really cool. i didn't know that yeah and he was like listen like she was in you know i don't know whatever some broadway production i don't really know much about I don't, I, i'm oh. not big on broadway i know Where's that the... the t and e got is for the tony awards that's the extent and that okay. uh, hamilton tickets are expensive okay yep those are all good good things to know those are um, facts okay just like I'm... stephen king fighting with bluth over jurassic uh Park. not stephen like, king steven spielberg it's the same in the, thing in the area. No, robert rabbit <laughs> area renaissance the disney uh renaissance area 
um it all connects okay anyway <laughs> it's all there's, there's there's a string there somewhere it's just tying it all together with with a bow but listen at the end of this podcast i want you to take two things away from it one watch cool world two <laughs> <laughs> no. Jurassic Park was made to stick it to the flute because of Land Before Time. Those are the two oh, things. I don't know that those are the two things. The T and EGOT is for Tony Awards. Yeah, I was going to say that might be the most informative thing that you tell them today. <laughs> but I mean, hey, in case anybody didn't know, apparently Terry was the only one. Yeah, I mean, that's been said a lot, though, right? <laughs> I am a. <laughs> Listen, I'm not. I can keep going all day. The Little Mermaid. They decide to make it. It's a musical, and it kicks off the renaissance of Disney. Am I correct in saying that it was correct. the point? They were like, "Oh man, kids want to watch little princesses sing and get married off to dudes way older than them." That's what this establishes, right? Listen, take away that's not female agency, <laughs> and uh, we want to get them married off young. You know, uh, we're talking before 16. We're talking to at least royalty or someone who claims they're a prince. A lot of claiming of princes, not a lot of castles shown. I just want to throw that out there, too. With There's Disney. definitely castles shown. Okay, tell me this. Prince Charming of the Sleeping Beauty variety, where is his castle? Well, we don't see his castle. No, we don't see his castle. What do we see him do? Rape Sleeping Beauty. That's what well, we he see. Doesn't, he doesn't see rape Non-consensual her. kisses to a sleeping woman. And then he fights for her honor, so she feels guilted into marrying him. And now you have to make sure. To... Location, because we don't know he has a castle. He just claims he's a prince. He's got a white horse. Listen, you know who could have a white horse? Anybody. Do you know that now you have to put on this that there's a rape warning because you talked about it? Okay, fine. I'll bleep out the R word, but still, it's messed up. I. I don't have anything to say to you about that. We're going to fight about this later. Not not now. Because Are you we're not telling talking... me I'm wrong about Sleeping Beauty? No, I'm not telling you. Well, first of all, I lied to you. There is there is definitely a cast on Sleeping Beauty. I was thinking of Snow White where he kisses her when she's asleep. It's just as bad. The, the fact that you're confused about which non-consensual kiss is popping up illustrates my point with these movies. Anyway. Not exactly showing off the, the kind of um the narrative choices that i want my daughter to see not exactly setting up great examples but you know ariel she's 14 she's old enough to get married to a prince are you quite finished i think we can go on let's talk about disney i feel like you don't even want to talk about disney now i do i just want to say the things that i want to say okay well that's fair. <laughs> i mean i'm not saying that you're wrong about like the overview or whatever but the formulas There's that they introduced. From them. They're still beautiful movies right. and they are entertaining. Exactly. And, but and... I, I don't like having to give uh, an entire like like speech to my daughter after she watches it. She's like, oh, it's romantic. I'm like, maybe. But also, this is called Stockholm Syndrome. We watched <laughs> Beauty and the Beast earlier today. Which one, live action or the original? The, the original. Oh, good. I, no think, I, don't, I don't know if the live action one's on Disney Plus yet. Oh, really? It might be. It, I, I haven't really checked. I think it is, but okay. just when I was doing my live action dredge work today. <laughs> so the Little Mermaid comes out, and they decide that, uh, like I said, young women getting married off to princes, this is this is going to make some more money. We used to think it was going to make money, and then it stopped making money. It isn't making money again, so let's, uh, let's keep this going. Yes, and then, I mean, when they found the Little Mermaid, they found basically the formula that is the rest of the renaissance with a few exclusions like uh, the next one right like rescue is down under 
Well, yeah, like on that one, and then they Lion King really digresses from like this pattern of, you know, they sing they sing the song. There's an intro song. There's like the wacky side characters that are cute and and memorable, like when Sebastian and Little Mermaid, um, who's originally supposed to be like an old English guy, I guess, and then they end up making him like Rastafarian, and then because they had more creative control, because no one really was expecting much at this point, right? right? So they, which you know, added more fun music, which is part of like the whole like spiel that becomes the renaissance like renaissance festival the renaissance Renaissance festival Uh, it's held at the the disney renaissance area uh hosted by robert red (laughs) (laughs) i think he also has a grudge against bluth (laughs) night before time uh anyway so yeah so then they stumbled upon this uh they really capitalize it a little bit more in Beauty and the Beast. They give Belle more agency than Ariel has. Um, and then Beauty and the Beast goes on to uh, become the first animated film to be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. It doesn't win because obviously Silence of the Lambs comes out the same year. And how are you going to beat Silence of the Lambs? You're not. But it really... I, mean, <laughs> I don't think it's the same audience. <laughs> like well no but i just a lot of overlap there you're like hold hold on honey what do you want to see this weekend no no i don't i don't really want to take you to see that how about silence of the lambs though right because then me and dad can also have fun and watch it and then they watched clarice you know hunt down hannibal lecter for an hour and a half it was a great time anthony hopkins in that movie i'm not going to talk about silence of the lambs because i will lose all focus on what we are supposed to be talking about which is the renaissance area era yeah which is the fact that (laughs) disney set up some really problematic leads and uh their their story structure i mean yeah that too (laughs) and i think that i mean most people can agree on that there's been a lot of actually like collegiate scholarship about the problematic Oh, yeah, of... it's far from me like setting an example. I get a lot of hate because I don't like a lot of those movies when it comes to like the actual like again the story structure and the narrative of it, but just the agency that the girls lack. You know, I I, don't, right. I I want my daughter to feel like she can take more action in her life. You know, she loves being a princess. She loves love the Disney princesses. I don't like that I have to just like reference Tangled and Frozen as the only two. <laughs> Off well, no, I mean, later in Renaissance, you get Mulan and she has tons of agency. And yes, I mean, Mulan she, is awesome. she gets a man at the end, but it's more of like a side perk. Like, that's not the focus of what the movie <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, it's her side piece. Like, she's not worried about it. <laughs> there. It's, her, it's her bonus. It's her bonus at the end for a job well done. The emperor is like, well, might as well. Very progressive when you think about it that way. <laughs> also, you get this dude. Take him. Um, but I mean, also you have Aladdin and I mean, uh, I know that we talked about, I watched the live action, which gave Jasmine much more agency and she, um, spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't seen it, it's on Disney plus, she ends up becoming the Sultan, which was a nice twist that I really enjoyed, uh, for the live action as opposed to, which is how the original one should have ended. Cause that's what they set up. That's really frustrating when I rewatch it. One of the few things is, Hey, I'm going to lead my way. And then she doesn't lead her way by the end of the movie. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I like <laughs> to think, I mean, here? I feel like the way that it comes about, though, is more like a partnership and less like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think he's in charge by any means. He straight up admits that he doesn't know what he's going to do. And that's why he's not going to free the genie. Rip to Robin Williams. But, you know, <laughs> because he's he's like, I might need you because I don't know what the f- I'm doing. And she's like, well, I'll help you. Like, Yeah, but and- like, 
as you go through the rest of those movies, two and three, there's it's just okay. Now Aladdin's king or Sultan, and Jasmine's there too. Don't worry about it. She's still there. We didn't forget about her. Well, no, because they don't get married till the third movie. But she has a lot more agency also in the show. Like, which yeah. I know that we're not really talking about that same era of we're television. Talking about it a little bit. I just more mean like again, the, the the story does not end with her being Sultan out of any of those no, movies. no, no. Partnership or not, they're like, mm-hmm. but you need a man though, right? Because you're a girl, and you know, you're a girl, and that's the that's what my daughter takes from some of these movies because she's four. You know, she watches these movies, and she's like, yeah, but they needed that guy. And I'm like, they didn't need that guy. You don't need any of us. <laughs> You only need you. You can do this. Terry's crying. Be strong. Exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, my son's just sitting there going, man, if I just tell people I'm a prince, I can do whatever I want. I don't want him (laughs) to take that lesson either because I don't want him running around kissing girls who are sleeping. Okay. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's some problematic views in these movies. But let's let's get away from listing them all off real quick. Let's just go through all of them for the rest of the Renaissance. So you had Aladdin. Then you had Lion King. Pocahontas. Uh, I think we forgot Hunchback of Notre Dame when we were talking about it earlier, right? Yeah. Hercules, mm-hmm. Mulan, and then finally Tarzan, right? Yep. So yep. throughout this period, as they're like ramping up, and we can go keep going through it if you want to, but I wanted to get into more of the conversation about some of the other aspects of the Renaissance era. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and the Renaissance area and uh, Robert Rabbit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> So as it goes, they start to hit peak Disney, right? It's the Disney that you now recognize. So that's when Wonderful World of Disney was really blowing up. They bought the ABC network. Like people are paying attention to that. The Disney Channel is getting huge. Home mm-hmm. movies became a really big thing during this time. So VHS yep, straight to straight up. to video. Yep, straight to video. So like not only could you buy Lion King that you saw, now you have these direct to VHS tape sequels that nobody saw, but everybody owned. You know, like everybody bought those <laughs> tapes, and they wouldn't have to pay as much for it, but they were still making a crap ton of money, even though they weren't going to theaters. They screwed over uh, Robin Williams during this time because he didn't want to be. He was doing it essentially as a favor because he wanted to do movies for kids. And they screwed him out of marketing. They broke all the rules that he asked for. So he didn't return. So they got this idea. Hey, what if we just put it out on VHS tape? And then from there on, then all of them got crappy <laughs> direct to DVD or direct to tape sequels, you know, direct to home movie. Right. And right. all of them. But I think a Hunchback didn't have one. Right. No, it does. It does have a sequel. It does have one. Oh, my goodness. It's not. It's not good. It's not good. I, I so, don't really remember that. that one I have as a, as a whole anyways, but I have so many. So basically, you reach peak culmination of the Renaissance era with I had to stop myself. So I didn't say I know, right? <laughs> is the Lion King. I mean, you could okay. almost say like peak American animation at the time. I've, I read a couple articles where people would go that far to say that that is like the culmination of American animation. Yeah. It's I mean, really not, good. I mean, at, at like for however, whatever came before, obviously things are so different now. Like with, we haven't talked about Pixar because we want to do that as a separate thing, but the introduction of Pixar and all the things that they were doing with Toy Story and like the groundbreaking CGI work that they were doing that was sort of like leaving in the dust, hand-drawn animation. Um, but the Lion King is like it, right? And it's so different from the films that had come before it because it didn't really fall in the same era of, you know, there's the hero instead of a heroine this time, you know, and, and he's trying to fall in love. Or he's trying sense. to. <laughs> that too. But it's not even really like a love story. And they drew, you know, obviously pretty remarkably from. Um, I would beg to Hamlet. differ. There's an entire <laughs> song about 
uh, can you feel the love tonight? Okay, I would I would say there's a love story there. Well, yeah, but I don't think that's what the whole movie is about. It's more about like a familial love and finding yourself. A lo- you know true. what I mean? The love for his father. And it's about movie. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Um, it's about Nazi Elton, imagery. Elton John. Elton John. It's about knocking off, uh, like I said, Hamlet, but also Kimba the White Lion. There's a lot of themes there for The Lion King. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> he's totally... <laughs> Yes. Do, do you okay. do you know the story behind Kimba the White Lion? That whole thing. Yeah. Well, yes, I do. And about okay. t- the some people have said that there's biblical elements in it, like with the tale of Moses and and all that. Good there, stuff. there is a little bit of Moses there, just with like the returning king, but obviously way more like Hamlet than that. But also Hamlet well, right. is a little bit biblical too. Um, but I, I the reason why I always bring up a lot of these dark things, it's not because I don't like these movies. I actually love these movies all of the Disney ones, including this one and Sleeping Beauty that I was making fun of. But I like to mention it because I don't think they're perfect. They have these flaws. And I want to recognize a lot of the works that came before it that did influence it. And I say influence it. Lion King specifically straight up copied Kimba the White Lion. If you watch that movie, there's a lot of like live, not live action. There's a lot of like actual human characters in that. And there's a Mm -hmm. different, there's a whole second story thread. But the, but the entire story thread that happens in Lion King happens in kimba the white lion and there is shot for shot like takes from it and you could say it's an adaptation and stuff but nobody who made kimba the white lion got any money from disney (laughs) so to give them due credit it's like when you mention like bill finger and stuff like that when you talk about batman you have to mention kimba the white lion when talking about lion king otherwise i I won't sleep at night (laughs) well we don't want that i know that you you need to rest you get cranky exactly Exactly. I need my beauty sleep because, man, is it rough out here. Yeah, but, uh, but I would agree that for you. <laughs> it is hard out here for for me. I don't. I don't. <laughs> there's no out here. I haven't left my house in months. That's, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, but I do agree with what you're saying, and obviously the people that are way more accredited than I am that Lion King is the peak for that, and not just peak for animation, like the skill level of that studio, but also the popularity. And it's not that it necessarily waned after The Lion King, but you could say Pocahontas, Hunchback, Hercules, Mulan, Tarzan never, ever received the kind of acclaim that Lion King did. Lion King was universal. Yeah, I think part of it is the source material that Disney started to pull from as well, right? So Hamlet just pulled from better from better legends, you know, Hamlet and like Kimba, like you have two built in like stories there that you know people will enjoy because they're two very very old stories that people enjoyed and yep. not just like a piece of a old folks you know like an old wives tale kind of thing or like a grim's fairy tale it's not just well, like a segment of it i think that the same can be said for the little mermaid right like it's come it comes right. from hans christian anderson but they leave out the part that she kills herself you know they like sort of modify it for like a younger audience and and it's they find success with it so but then you get to Pocahontas and they just straight up rewrite. I know that we were talking about this earlier this week. They just straight up rewrite history, basically. And and very like with like blatant racism and, and like just the mind boggling things that, that when you're a kid, you don't realize until you then like get to a history course where like actually like where you're learning about, you know, the first settlers and the Virginia company and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, wait, Disney, Disney lied to me and you feel betrayed immediately. Right. 
it's 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 that difference i was kind of talking to my kid about this was hard she's four but i was also talking to my wife when we talk about pocahontas and the change of history the appropriation and all the other stuff that people are like oh you're just being an sjw cuck because you don't like pocahontas i love pocahontas but you can recognize there's some serious issues with it and you can recognize that it doesn't it doesn't have the exact same but similar issues to mulan but mulan is based off a legend pocahontas is a person that you can track down legitimate things this was not that long ago exactly that's and that's the whole thing she was a real person guaranteed whereas as with hamlet it goes far enough back with with kimba it's it's more blatant like just stealing but with mulan like you said like it's a legend with hans christian anderson it's been around for hundreds of years like it's it's just it's problematic and then in similar ways but also not the same when you get to the hunchback of notre dame uh, why you're trying to adopt Victor Hugo's work to, for children never made sense to me because like they're tortured, you know, like depressing, like tribulation yeah, characters. Story. Right. And like, he ends up happy. And then the sequel, he like find I, spoilers for the sequel. Cause you haven't seen it. He like finds someone. I'm like, this is like the opposite of what Hugo was always trying to portray. So it feels wrong when, when you see it, animated for children and it ends up being you know, like so like the movie because i love hunchback right i think it's it's beautifully done um i like the story a lot like the actual like novel not just the the animated version no the, the, I, the story of the hunchback is a, is an interesting story right like, you know one whole. one of one of my favorites but and so it feels really authentic to me like the suffering and the misery and like how he like is like scorned and, and you know what I mean like locked away and, and the gypsy play and just all of and the it elements end, yeah it doesn't end super happy like you have the Romani people called gypsies a lot in that movie and I had to explain to my daughter I'm like we really shouldn't call them that that's not how they identify and she was like okay but like what about these other 15 things and she's asking me these questions about it like how come it's not happy for him like well it doesn't end up happy for everybody like he doesn't get the girl they used him like there was right. you know there's a revolution happening and he was essentially i, I explained like what a scapegoat was essentially to her yeah exactly <laughs> and, and like you know he was a pawn it's just so it's just so tormented and then they just end it with like he's fine with everything and i'm like that's not actually <laughs> how is it making no, sense like you've been doing really well like sticking to the theme of like very not disney you know like being with like betrayal and the backstabbing and he doesn't get the girl and all this other stuff, which is like what you've been ingrained at that point to think because of the formulaic like way that they were going about things and then it just they just flop right at the end and i was like but <laughs> but you could have just let like that he was still tortured and he was still but that would you know wouldn't have sold as well and so it's but just it's that... been... go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say i think all of this kind of speaks to the height of disney's power in you know in the late 90s early 2000s especially for the, like this this whole renaissance era it, they you couldn't be stopped you had pocahontas which is just traipsing over history and is quite offensive in a lot of places but the music was good they had huge stunt casting with mel gibson you know jonathan taylor thomas was one thing and the guy from full house is another in aladdin but when you have mel gibson an honest to god movie star well, and Demi Moore, then too. Demi Moore, exactly. Like when you have these people where it's like, oh, now they have Eddie Murphy, to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, oh, that came later though. What I'm saying is, so you start with Pocahontas and it's, it's causing issues, but they don't care because it's Mel Gibson, which is funny because he had right. later on has a strange history with it. And you have Hunchback of Notre Dame, which is the darkest, I, I would say, next to Black Cauldron of the Disney tales. 
and yet they're selling toys at McDonald's of the gargoyles. You know, you have yeah, the, you have the dude who played George Costanza. I can't think of his name, but he plays one of the gargoyles and he brings this levity to it. But those are dark characters. Like I still have these toys, and they just can't be stopped. You know, like no one gives <laughs> shit because it yeah, was Disney, I mean, and that's where you start to see their empire grow. Really, in my opinion. Yeah, like the Dark Empire, like an oh, actual. Listen, I love their <laughs> empire because they make the best Marvel movies, but it is an empire. Like they, they have I mean, a story I mean, it on, is on Hollywood. People get so mad um, about it, but like they're making stuff I care about. So like, I'm not mad. Like it'd be different like, if the Empire, like, like if they weren't making Death Stars, instead they were making Marvel movies. I could have got behind them, you know. Everyone, <laughs> sold your soul. Everyone's got a price. Terry, you're cutting out. Oh, okay. All I said, <laughs> everyone forgets that Luke wanted to join the Empire before he joined the Rebels. He just wanted to fly. That's true. I... <laughs> Sorry. Are you saying that you're Luke? Uh, listen, that's not for me to say. That's for other people to say about me. Uh... So if, you, if you think that Terry's Luke, please let him know because you'll be the only person that thinks that in his life. <laughs> So, so into all those, but then we get to Hercules, and I want to go on a little bit of a rant later on about Hercules because that's Terry, you cut out again. Um, but it also takes a lot of liberty, so it's kind of what you talked about. Better get freewheeling, you know, like they were just like, let's just do what we want to do because we're making the most money for this company. During this time, everything else was making money, but these movies were blowing up. There was merchandise, there was movies, there was direct to DVD sequel or direct to tape sequels. Yeah, the Lion King was like the highest was like the highest grossing animated movie for like a long, long time. It might for sure. Too? And then when it came out of the vault and came out on DVD, it just broke like a million other records again because people were like, Oh, I can buy it again? Like, fuck yeah, I'll buy Lion King. Yeah. That was literally my first DVD. And I was like, Mom, I don't even like Lion King that much. And then she kicked me. It was like everyone liked Lion King. <laughs> everyone likes Lion King Terry but then Hercules is when I remember like some of the backlash so like while critically people didn't love all of the movies that we listed I remember them still doing super well but Hercules was the first one I remember not doing the best of the best and I remember like critically like even though we were kids I remember people like going well I don't love Hercules and it was mm -hmm. really interesting to me to see because that one didn't use the source material wholeheartedly you know it it kind of did whatever it wanted to do it just like happened to have greek mythology like but it was it, so inaccurate it's it, yeah. so inaccurate that it's a lot of roman fun. mythology too they kind of mess with in there which is interesting like when you look at like the hercules ones but also i always thought it was funny because that really shaped what kids our age thought of like greek mythology because they didn't teach it very well in school so you have a lot, like, a lot of people's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of people's like vision of Greek mythology comes from the Disney Hercules movie. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's, uh, the liberties that are taken are all encompassing, I guess. Is yes. Like, is and it, I think is that's part good... of why critically people don't love it as much. It, you know, it's got all the things that you listed to make it successful. It's got some big names in it with like Rip Torn and stuff like that. And then it's got, um really good songs it's got a hero rather than a heroine which is what started to take off when it comes to like money wise for these movies and yet it still didn't come together financially like i mean it, it wasn't a flop by any means it just was not raking in the dough like all these other ones it eventually did with the merchandise and stuff like that and it's still disney but it still wasn't as big of a hit so you start to see this downward trend from hercules on down and then mulan again probably is the best i think critically of all of these movies when you're like if you were to dissect it and say what is the best out of this series of movies i would say it's mulan but that one I, still doesn't resonate with everybody 
so I would say that it's the Lion King. I would say that Mulan is the least problematic in the fact that, like, if we look at it through a lens of 2020, when um, things are very much, like, about fairness and and trying to accurately represent things. Um, but even then, I mean, some of the things that, that are touched on in Mulan, which I'm hoping to see the remake. I'm hoping that it's better because I'm actually going to watch that one. It's very different. And it's also still not very accurate to like the legend, which was really interesting. Right. Yeah. I but, but I just think that if you just go from like a cinematic, like with the storyline, I, right. I think everyone exactly can engage I said. I think in. You'd be lying. Yeah. But because Mulan had problems too, you know, the Lion King could appeal to boys and girls, parents, you know, like whereas Mulan is more focused on like a, for small like little girls you know what i mean like that can find somebody strong and and still not really sticking to the legend and then it's like you know what kind of appropriation of chinese culture is going on and yeah and they're they're like when i think like the problematic parts of it i definitely see it ranking lower but when i think of a tale told when i think of lessons learned when i think of a story and a narrative and the hero's journey i still go to mulan because while simba learned something and he learned he had to be king it was kind of that, like, okay, I'm going to go do this. This is the right thing to do. It's not a resign to, to I have to become king. I have to overthrow my uncle because he's doing bad things. It's like, okay, I just told I have to do this. I didn't always believe that it was his own decision. He has to have his, you know, grandfather in the sky. Or it might have been his dad. I cannot remember. It's been a long his time. Dad. His dad. It was his dad. Yeah. His dad come down from the sky. I've been watching a lot of the Disney Plus uh, uh, Lion Pride, whatever the, the cartoon is with his son Kion. okay yep. yeah, yeah yeah so it's his grandfather in the sky but like but you know he has to have his dad tell him what to do again very hamlet-esque whereas in you watch mulan again based off a of legend but i still feel there's a lot more originality and a better tale being told there but again so i guess you know, we could rank those against each other all day but yeah i just for me it's not that he was being told he just finally realizes the person that he always could have been and and had he does within realize him. It, it, but someone told him but i mean like I don't, I just don't agree. The way that he like embraces it after like running from it for so long because he's finally like gotten closure and like healed to me resonates just as much as Mulan does. Cause I would never say that Mulan doesn't resonate because her like taking her father's place like is the ultimate sort of sacrifice that she could make, you know? Right. And again, I don't know, I, it's just, I don't just different they, ways. He does learn a lesson. I, I'm not saying he doesn't. All the stuff you said is, is accurate. I just think it gets, it happens because he's told. You know what I mean? Like he gets that final push, which is necessary in a lot of tales. But I I like Mulan more and I think critically it holds up more because she makes that decision herself. No one tells her, hey, go be go pretend to be a dude, join the army, fuck the patriarchy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. No, <laughs> I like, mean there's there's two. You know? But um, I, I, I love them both. They're both great, but I, I would agree that from then on there, like it didn't take off as well. And then you get super experimental with Tarzan, which I really, really dig. And it was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. I honestly, I was, so I texted my dad today. This is so funny that you said that. I texted my dad and I said, what was the first movie that I saw in theaters? Because I couldn't, I wanted to say that it was Tarzan, but I was like, but I feel like I would have been in the movies by then, but I would only have been six then. So no, I don't think that it was. I think that like, I think it was also my favorite, or my favorite, my first movie. That, or I maybe saw Hercules with my grandparents, but that is like more, the first distinct movie I remember is Tarzan at the movie theater. Right. I just remember it was the first one that I was taken to because, like, they didn't want to take me, even though I, we were pretty old by then. I think it came out in, like, 1999. I was, like, six. 
but mm-hmm. we only had we had a, a one screen theater in our hometown so mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of movies playing there and we were poor and it was a poor town too so it was like not exactly the cheapest thing to go do but tarzan was one i got taken by my uh my sister and her then boyfriend and they were like let's all go see tarzan and it i wouldn't say it, like it changed my life by any means but it did awaken that love of cinema for me to where mm-hmm. like going to the theater is one of the things i miss the most about the pandemic like i miss my friends and seeing them and stuff but really i miss going to a theater full of strangers buying popcorn and watching movies <laughs> like, i love as an aside i love going to the movies by myself it's the best thing ever isn't it i, yeah. I at first i was kind of sad when i had to start doing it because we had kids and I couldn't get a sitter. So it was like we would watch mo- big movies that we wanted to see in shifts, essentially. I'd go see it. And then I'd come home, watch the kids. My wife would go see it. And But then eventually I'm like, this is the best way. You don't have to worry about finding a seat. There's always one seat open. You know, you can get as much popcorn. No one else is eating it. You can got, get a giant. All the candy. butter on it you want. If you want All the other seasonings on it. Yep. Oh, I feel so, you. It's so good. It's, it's a great experience. Now, I still <laughs> love going to movies with people. It's still fun. But... <laughs> going to see the movie and then calling you because you just saw it like that's a that's enough for me but <laughs> anyway yeah but that was awake anyway. tarzan and tarzan i always loved and it was the first movie i remember them being so open with the behind the scenes process because partly they really embraced the vhs like a home movie aspect of it so there was an entire documentary about um the music of tarzan like I don't phil know, collins with phil, phil collins, collins and his, I don't know if you know this, his son modeled a lot of stuff for Tarzan because of the way that he moved uh, as a surfer. Like, he's just so ingrained in that project. And it might not have actually, yeah. I see that, it might not have been Phil Collins' son, it might have been one of the animator's sons, but it was the same documentary. They had modeled his movements on the vines and the, the tree trunks after surfers because uh, it was just that that organic movement. And because they liked that idea so much, it shaped the entire film of how he like parkours through the jungle. And it was just such a cool, like, unique idea that isn't what you think of when you think Tarzan. Tarzan, you think swinging. But then he, he came up with the surfing idea. Yeah, with and... the feet on the vines and stuff, yeah. Exactly. And I love that movie so much. And I, I think there's a lot of critical issues with it just because when it comes to, like, the actual, like, it's kind of a roller coaster ride of emotions, you know, and not in the necessarily good way. Like, it messes around with being serious and then just uber silly, which all Disney movies do. But I think that one goes on the biggest ride in between the two. So I think it doesn't know what it wants to be all the time. But I also love Tarzan. The problem that I have with Tarzan is also that, like, is it a love story? Is it about him, like, you know, having a new family? Is it about his issues with his dad? Is it about, like... Her, like, issue, you know what I mean? Like, her, like, trying exactly. to, like, it's just, you don't, it doesn't, it's trying to be everything in it, and then it just felt not as connected. It wasn't, like, a central overarching theme, in right. my opinion. And, but, like, I think it's beautiful, and I love Phil Collins. So. Yeah, I love, I think Phil Collins is partly why I love that movie so much, and why all of the emotional beats hit so hard, is because the music is so good. It's so well, bumping. He, he won an Academy Award for, uh. Word for whatever, and, whatever and also, like, <laughs> I think of it as a musical, and it's not, it's just Phil Collins. Like, there's no like, there is the one song that they all perform when they go down to the watering hole or whatever, but mm-hmm. there's not that, there's not that ludonarrative storytelling of them singing the songs. It's just Phil Collins singing over Tarzan looking at stuff, <laughs> but it's so good. Yeah. Uh, but that's the Renaissance era, like, we went through all of them, and I, I'd like, I again, call to action, guys. Email me, can't be killed creations at gmail.com. Let me know what you think 
of those movies. But let's get into some of the other points that we wanted to talk about. So there's a few that we can jump into. I'll let you pick where we go to next. But there is where it went to after the Renaissance era and what actually came about and the changes that have made the animation. There is the remakes that they've been doing recently with all of these <laughs> movies. Uh, we could, I'm sure you have an opinion, right, on some of those. Many, many opinions. Um, many and opinions. then there's some of the side stories from some of these specific movies. So what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I want to talk about the remakes, but I just also don't want to talk about the remakes. So let's talk about the remakes a little bit. Just a little bit. We'll okay. touch on them. So the first one that I remember them making, but don't remember it because it was that un- like, unremarkable, was the uh, not Snow White, the um, Cinderella one, which is a Cinderella part of the era. But that was their first big live action, and they've done other like other companies have. I know what you're thinking. You're like, oh, well, they've done Snow White and stuff. Yeah, but not Disney is the thing. Like lots of other companies have done it, and the ones that Disney did do were not part of this big initiative. This one was this Cinderella was meant to kick off their cinematic universe, if you will. Uh, the <laughs> the re- just the, the remake cinematic universe. Exactly, exactly. And, oh, God. Uh, and then that was followed by, was it Beauty and the Beast? Was that the next one? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. So and I actually then, have yeah, uh, the funniest story about the Beauty and the Beast remake. Yeah. So uh, my boyfriend now was like, hey, uh, you know, let's go to the movies. And I said, okay. And he said, well, you know, there's going to be some other people going. They want to go see Beauty and the Beast, like the remake with Emma Watson. And I said, okay, so we're in the movie theater. And I was like, didn't know how to feel. I'd seen Cinderella. I hadn't been super impressed with it. So, but I was like, oh, but I like Emma Watson. She, you know, really fits into the character of Belle. So I was like, yeah, sure. So we go and we're sitting there and, you know, he's like rapidly paying attention. Like, I mean, not that I'm not, but I am also like, watching him be very focused on the screen and i said i said yeah this looks really good compared to the original right and he said i've never seen this movie <laughs> and he had no idea what was gonna happen in the movie because he had never seen the original and it blew, it blew my mind i was like what do you mean you've never seen this movie you i said it's just the same he said i never saw the original and i said what <laughs> You I gotta, gotta go. About, like these strange gaps in people's like cinematic history. My wife has the same thing. She's obviously seen, you know, Beauty and the Beast, but there's a lot of movies that she hadn't seen. Um, but what comes to mind, I was listening to a podcast. You should listen to it. The kind of funny podcast. One of my favorite podcasts on the internet. But uh, one of them were talking about their girlfriend, and they went and seen Batman versus Superman. Not a great film, mm-hmm. but no. their their girlfriend gasped when Bruce Wayne's parents got shot in the alleyway, she did not know the tale of, of Batman. <laughs> like, the, what, like the biggest story of all time, arguably, you know, like his parents get mm-hmm. shot in the alleyway, he becomes Batman. But when she got, she gasped, was like, oh my God. And it's the same level of him not knowing what's going to happen in Beauty and the Beast. And also, you'd have to argue, even if you haven't seen Beauty and the Beast, you know what happens in Beauty and the Beast, right? Like, you've, you've met him, you know. Uh, yeah, you're, oh God. All right, we can talk about that all day, but I don't think the listeners want to hear about that. So that is interesting. Um, yeah. Other remakes that were worth noting is Lion King. I think Lion King is thoroughly um, non-offensive. That is all I can say about the Lion King. I watched it. It's still the Lion King. The singing is arguably better in some songs and arguably not there for other songs that they took out. Um, uh, the two leads are awesome. That's the best thing I could say. It was interesting seeing what they changed with Seth Rogen and uh, the dude Billy on the street. I can't remember his last name. Eichner? Yeah, Billy Eichner. Yeah, Eichner. Yeah, but 
that's it. I, I wasn't impressed by it, you know? If I were to watch so, it, I wasn't like, yeah, this is great. I didn't want to watch it, and then I was like, but I have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I love the I love the original shit, and I, I, it just it, it just was not the same. There was not the same magic spark to it. And I think arguably it's because we've seen it, you know, right? Like, we, we know the story of Lion King. I, but I think that's part of what you say with, with a remake is, if you're not going to radically change it or put your spin on it, which I, I think Favreau and the cast does for Lion King, and they did some really, really cool stuff with the technology, James Cameron-esque, honestly, I would say, to where it's kind of changed the landscape of cinema. And you mm-hmm. can see that with, like, shows Mandalorian and all the stuff on Disney Plus is, is possible because of what he did with Lion King. But the movie itself was fine. Like, it didn't impress me because they didn't change anything. I know that story already. I knew it, arguably, when I watched Lion King, reading Hamlet, but that was just because I was a little kid with not a lot of supervision. I probably shouldn't have read Hamlet at that point. And I definitely shouldn't have seen the Mel Gibson version of it, but I had. So that's because my my mom really thought Mel Gibson was hot. The best version of it? (laughs) I always love it because they they reference it in, um, uh, in Clueless. (laughs) <laughs> so, oh yeah, that's, yeah that's I think true. that's why I love that version of it so much um, anyways so Lion King I thought was fine Aladdin was unnecessary and I think let me down a little bit but I liked all the actors in it I thought they did a good job I think Will Smith gets a lot of flack for not doing the same thing that Robin Williams did which would have been boring I thought he did but if he would have done the same thing people would have been pissed off about it right and I'm a huge guy Ritchie fan but I think his that's what his I was going to say movies, yeah have kind of let he, me down a little bit. He was part of the screenplay and also like direct. You know what I mean? Like he was very yeah. involved with the project, and so I, I guess I was anticipating more. But it yes. sort of felt, and I I liked the way that they did the musicals in Aladdin better. Yes. I thought that that was done better, but I feel like some of the dialogue like was not. It was just too trying to be exactly the same. Yeah, I honestly, I, I think you could see a lot of, like, fingerprint of the studio there, like, meddling-wise. I had the same plot when yeah. I saw King Arthur from Guy Ritchie, because, again, love Guy Ritchie, love all of his movies. But then you see these big-budget ones, and you can see just, like, he was being pressed on a little bit. Because you can see the little Guy Ritchie-isms in there, and then it seems like they were trying to be scrubbed clean, because they were like, yeah, but also make our movie. And right, I, yeah. I really wish I could see his version wholeheartedly. But I think that's you have to sell your soul a little bit to make these live-action movies, these huge, big-budget ones. You just you kind of have to because there is a big brother looking upon you and they need to make sure you don't fuck up their movie. It's fine if it's not great, but it can't be awful. And like, that's what they're yeah. looking at. And it can't be offensive. And it can't as long be as it's not the two things they'll make. Catwoman. That's what they care about. It can't. Well, honestly, even Catwoman, it sucked and it won all the Razzies and it's the worst superhero in quotations movie of all time. Sure. But like, you know, she she doesn't do it like she doesn't assault anybody in that movie sexually she doesn't say any you know homophobic things they don't no 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 that's a, that's not what i'm saying i just no, mean that no but what i'm saying is that a movie can still be awful and make a lot of money so there's certain things that the studio is looking for and when they think that you're going to get close to those marks of like tarnishing the character bad character is a, is fine but if you're going to tarnish the story then they'll stop you with with Catwoman, they created a new Catwoman, and they said, "Listen, as long as she isn't offensive, you can do whatever you want." So and it just wasn't well received. Story exactly, exactly. Like, right, it's make money. right. That's all they care about because it's a business. So that's all I'm saying is like, yeah, it's not a good movie, and I think it's awful actually. But you know, Halle Berry, 
can act a little bit in there and she's a good actress but you don't see it in catwoman and that's not her fault no no but it's the same thing when you watch like the guy Ritchie aladdin movie i don't think it's anyone's fault wholeheartedly but they were just like well our heart's not as in it and like will smith's fucking doing his best you know yeah and i would agree with that like i know that before i watched it today you know because i watched it today uh i'd heard like a lot of flack about him like being in it and like he... I heard a lot of stuff like about phoning it in, and I don't see that at all when I watch it. No, yeah, I thought that he did fine. Like, I just, I think everything was fine, and I thought the musical looked better that way. Yeah, but it just wasn't it for me. It's a no for me, dog. Like I, <laughs> Randy Jackson, chilling Randy Jackson. What do you see there at the bottom of the sword? A rec- pretty recognizable. Recognizable <laughs> signature. <laughs> Randy Jackson from American Idol. I agree, Idol. though. Like for all of these movies, and we don't need to keep going down the list. It's just like with a lot of those live action remakes, because they're so important to our age bracket. I just think that they were a cash grab or unnecessary. You know? Yeah, I would agree. Yep, just a cash grab is really yeah what it, and that's what like makes me the most upset about it. I guess like why I was not watching it for right. <laughs> so so let's get into the stuff that we did like we can bag on these all day so what were what is your favorite movie from this era from the renaissance era mm-hmm. it's the lion king what do you mean <laughs> okay <laughs> well, mine's not so <laughs> okay yeah so, uh, that's so what fine about but... what, what, why is that your favorite is it elton john and tim rice no and, elton uh, john did the soundtrack and i love elton john <laughs> elton john did not do the entire soundtrack he contributed him and tim rice Okay, um, they they did a lot of uh a, a lot of the composing and stuff, but they weren't the only ones on that, were they? Uh, they're the ones. Research. They're the ones that are like credited on it. So oh, okay, I mean, so I mean, that is awesome. I, I mean, I I love Elton John as well, and I definitely can can see it in that you know in that film. And I love which version of a song did he do? I remember it being on the soundtrack. He well, he does Circle of Life, and he does no, he he wrote Circle of Life. And no, I know he wrote a book. Like, he, he performs one, though, is what I'm saying. I have it on a CD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Circle of Life that. and Can okay. You Feel the Love Tonight are both. Okay, yeah. That's awesome. But is that it? That uh, Elton John, your favorite movie? Click. No, um, I also I, I I I liked the I like the animation a lot. Um I like the Savannah portrayal, I like the jungle portrayal, um I like Timon and Pumbaa a lot. They were like my faves Timon growing up. And Pumbaa are definitely the best Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that anyone has ever done. Like they're in yeah. every movie, but they are the best. They were they were just so so good. I liked also like this this is so I did not read Hamlet at six or whatever, however old I was when I saw this but yeah, um, you read it at an appropriate age, is what you're trying to say. I I liked the concept that he like ran away and that he like told Nala when she comes to get him, like I'm not going back, like I don't want to. Like that was um so shocking to me. And I was like, but Simba, why? You know what I mean? Like so maybe that's part of like the same in our Mulan, you know, Lion King debate. Mm-hmm. Like then when he like his he's talking to his dad and he hashes out like how he feels about it and he comes to that realization i also was coming to that realization about why he didn't think he could go back and like the forces that were doing it and then coming back despite how he felt like knowing even though that he was uncomfortable yeah i like i that's probably one of the things i love the most about that story and stories as a whole is showing that not every character especially a hero has to be heroic at all times showing that there's some cowardice that's one of the most compelling things about hamlet is hamlet at first is this whiny little kid you know 
And mm-hmm. it's not until his father comes, you know, from the grave and is like, you need to avenge us. And even then he's like, I don't know what to do with that. You know, <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? But then he sets off on this, not just quest of, of revenge, but like, you know, establishing that, you know, there is a false leader among them, you know, that there is a false narrative being told. Maybe that there's something related to our current predicament here. Well, and uh, he really thinks, to, and he really thinks that he killed his dad. Right. And then he goes yeah. back to face his mom like knowing that he fully 100% takes the blame for that and doesn't know that he didn't you know and it's so it's just very like it was very heartening I guess for me to see and it's for sure it felt real it felt again you're looking at you're watching this lion you know you're watching Matthew Broderick come to this realization as a lion but you feel the real emotion there and I think that's the one of the things I love the most about this renaissance era is that like the, the acting felt real it felt next level not that the acting oh is bad God. if you watch like Sleeping I mean, or something but it's just such a lower level I yeah think. Jeremy Irons as Scar like right also, also Scar, hashtag Scar was right. He, he was just trying to feed people. Like if that was a platform <laughs> I would vote for. You know, except for people that he was trying to feed. The ones that are that are um, actually right, and Scar is one of them. Like if you're running on the platform, <laughs> I don't want people to starve. I'm voting for you, okay? Like, but just, he didn't really want them to not starve. He just wanted to be powerful, and that was a way for I him to manipulate that. Uh, number one, I, that's not true. And he did want power, but he also wanted to feed people. Number two. He no, he used he used you don't their know everything about food. a politician and what's right or what's wrong. I'm just saying, if that's your platform, I'm for it. If you're for feeding people, I get it. I get it. That's all. Like, also, Simba or not Simba, but Mufasa is definitely a little racist. You know, it's like don't go over to that elephant graveyard. That's where the black people are. Like, we don't go over there. Like, all oh, dad, okay, but like we don't go over there, but we still feed them, right? And he's like, no, 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 it's every hyena for himself. Like there is there's some issues there. So again, I'm not saying this car was the the perfect leader, but he was definitely the leader they deserved. Okay, that's all. Now we're gonna end it there. Okay, we can oh, all whatever. agree. What, what is your what is your favorite thing? I well, guess mine, mine has no Nazi imagery and uh, <laughs> political <laughs> political unrest, but Hercules <laughs> is my favorite. And it is it's funny. I was picking on you about the Elton John thing. I love it purely for the music. The music is so good in Hercules. The music's so um, good, yeah. I mean, I like I Hades. Like Hades is one of my Hades is one of my favorite villains, also. So like, it's hard for me to pick. It's not hard for me to pick. It's hard for me to pick past the Lion King. What order it, they would go in? <laughs> right. And James Wood is kind of an awful person in real life, but his Hades is one of the best acted villains of any media ever. He's just he is so good in that role. And I love Herc's tale of, again, kind of not wanting to be a hero at first, didn't think he could do it. And then he gets cocky and then he gets knocked down a peg. And I always love that. I always love the the tale of, oh, OK, like I can do this. And they're like, yeah, you can. But like, you're not the best. Like, we could ask somebody else. OK, like, it's not just you. And that is the right. tale of Hercules. I really, really enjoy that. And I think Meg is really fun in that. And I like I Meg a lot. Like, like again, she's also. got like she's got the agency aspect about it, but also she's like you know from the other side of the tracks, and she is she's the bad boy of the tale, and I she's I really deceiving that. him, yeah, the whole yes. time, and not just because like she's a bad person, like she's kind of roped into it, but also she's just living her life, and I really really dug that aspect of it. Plus, I love Greek mythology, as inaccurate as it is in that movie, it's so much fun, and it's kind of what made me fall in love with other mythologies. You know, raised in a super Christian household. I, they were like, what What are there other deities? And my mom's like, I don't know, read Harry Potter. And you watch Hercules. 
and you're like, oh, there's other shit. And like it awakened me to the Greek mythology and then later Norse mythology. Not to get into full God of War mode or anything, but like <laughs> I, but I started also, to love that stuff from there. And but also it's really good. And, and he goes on a similar tale as Hercules. Um, but I love it. it's, it's a fun romp. Uh, Danny DeVito is. Probably I was my just gonna say Danny DeVito time. is is so clutch in it. So good, just so to this good. Day in it. every time my wife does something silly, like I just quote, you know, <laughs> all of his rules at her as she messes something up, and then she kicks me because I deserve it. <laughs> uh, but he's one of the funniest characters in any Disney film, you know, same could probably be said for Eddie Murphy's, um, Mushu. Uh, Mushu. Uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say Mulan. <laughs> I was like, if Eddie Murphy didn't play Mulan, he could play Mulan. He could play every character in that movie. That's kind of his shtick, but he didn't. But, uh, but yeah, I think Danny DeVito is one of the funniest characters in all of these movies. And that's the other thing too, is Hercules gets dark in a couple of spots, but as a whole knows what it's trying to tell, even though it's a more lighthearted story and it's not, as much as delivering a message or a super great narrative, it knows what's trying to be. It's trying to be fun. It's trying to have dope music, which it does. And the fact that it's kind of like a Motown, like, like music, that's, that's my favorite kind of music. And it is just, <laughs> it's just a banger. Like I, I listened to that soundtrack and then somebody like referenced Hunchback of Notre Dame recently. And I realized I didn't know any of the songs from that. And man, it's so a good. dark fucking soundtrack. It's good. It's so good. You, yeah. You can't listen to Hercules and then that it's, <laughs> it's just depressing. I also love the animation style in Hercules. It's so different from yes. any of the other films that came out in the Renaissance era, or really just in general from Disney. Um, I like, yeah, like it's, it's not at all. super ang- super angular. Style. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's just I liked it a lot. Um, it's funny you say also- super angular when you have a character that's almost wholeheartedly good. They're round. So like when you mm-hmm. get into like um, Danny DeVito's character, like he's this like silly dude but he just wants to do right by herc so he's like this round character but the characters that are deceiving are super angular like meg and hades you know and then but you have herc's like he's got that chiseled jaw but the rest of them he has all these curves lines and uh i can get into the animation style I st- i've been studying it working out my comic book but um what they do again it's just if you want to be on the right side of history hercules is the best one even the rooster brothers say so that's the movie that they're doing next so they're doing the hercules live action reboot so so not with Dwayne the Rock Johnson though, because I heard that there was already. There, there was I know. Hercules movie with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. We don't talk about it. It's completely unrelated. It's not a great film. He's good in it though. He's good in everything. Is it's he? like when you watch Jason Momoa's uh, Conan movie. That's not that great, but he's good in it. I mean, I love Jason Momoa, so. Yeah, you should watch that Conan movie. It's not, it's not great, but he's good. He swings the sword yeah. really well in it. Well, I bet he does. You know what? That's all I have to say about it. <laughs> also, it, you should watch that Hercules movie with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, which we always have to say his full name because what else oh, yeah, do you do? So. Unless you're friends with Dwayne, and then you just call him Dwayne. But uh... You're not friends with him, so don't call him Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> but he wears the lion over his head in that movie. Like, like, like the and just like... Comedy. Yeah, it's so funny. Just like, I love that Hercules, when he does that, he's wearing Scar. That's also yeah. like... I like the little... You know the connected Disney like and yeah, Easter and that's eggs. Where it really started. We can mention that as a fun little aside before we go. Is the little Easter eggs? My love of Easter eggs came from this this Renaissance era of Disney movies. Um, finding that connected universe stuff. Like I love comic books, and you see it there, but I didn't pay as much attention to it back then. I was only really reading Spider Man. But you mm-hmm. watch all of those Disney movies, and there's tons of ties. You know, the gargoyles showing up as salt shakers in different spots. And then you have, you know, like you said, Scar showing up in Hercules and that. Um, there's a couple other uh, shared stuff with Tarzan 
and little things that pop up on the island. But what are some of the bigger ones? I know I'm missing a crap ton. The of the hidden Easter eggs mm-hmm. from Tarzan is what you're looking for, or just no, from all any of them. Of them? All of them. Yeah. I know that Little Mermaid has some. Um, like in the background, there's uh, like the ships and stuff that they say they say that it's like tarzan's parents ship like they you've ever seen one of those timelines that like super fans oh i oh i know the timelines and the easter eggs and how they connect them all but i meant like the actual like just obvious ones that pop up if you knew of any more off the off the top oh there's there's art in um in ariel's uh i can't remember so it's been a long time since i used to in her thingamabob pile yeah anyway there's art and it's from um one of the other films yeah, I can't think of what film it's That's okay. Now. That's okay. We, we <laughs> I'm sorry. So if you had to pick a least favorite, though, from this era, which would it be? So it feels not right to say it's The Rescuers Down Under because it's, I mean, it's the sequel movie. So it, and I didn't hate it. I like, like The Rescuers Down Under. That was one that my parents really liked. So I watched it a lot as a kid. I don't think it's the worst one. It just is the most out of place because they were, they were doing that. Right. Happened. Like they've been I working guess... on Rescuers Down Under for like four years. It yeah, it mostly it just feels that the most out of place if I'm looking at it as like a body of work as, as a whole. For sure, um, like, honestly, you if you were to watch Rescuers Down Under, it looks like a way older movie. It doesn't look. Yeah, like it looks more like the original though. Rescuers exactly. Yeah. Um. So if I'm looking at it as a body like that as a whole, then I'll say the Rescuers Down Under. If it's most problematic, it's Pocahontas. You know, if it's movie that I just didn't enjoy the most it's Tarzan just because and it wasn't that I didn't like Tarzan it's just uh, the story feels incomplete to me like word. or, and that, or that's disjointed where I have to, like, arrest the like the critical mind in me like the one that's like yeah I want to review movies kind of thing like I want to look at it with a critical lens to the, like the child like mind of just like let's have fun with these because mm-hmm. Tarzan and Hercules are my favorites out of this list and then like critically it's like yeah Mulan and Lion King like they're great and the ones that I like the least are probably just as good, but like I'm not a big fan of Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast or Pocahontas or Hunchback. And like I know I listed like half the list, but I'm just not, I don't connect with them. I don't have a lot in common with the stories they're telling. I don't relate to it. Uh, I think out of those, Hunchback is a really good film. I think it tells a really good story. Little Mermaid, she's just a greedy, greedy little kid. Like she is. I so love Jodie Benson though, like does. She I don't doesn't know. know. She plays I, it great. It's well acted, and I love Flounder. He's just a little bitch, but I love Sebastian. He's like one of my favorite, like no, side the seagull, characters. The seagull is is under scuttle. Is his scuttle, scuttle yeah. is his name? And I I but like that song, and she's like, "Think of a bops. I got twenty, but I want more." I tuned out that second as a little kid. I'm like, "Listen, I don't have anything in the bobs. Okay, you 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 don't need any more. You're a princess. Okay." You're not going to be happy till you have feet. God, just go hug your father. You know, he's doing, you know what I'm thinking about it now though. And I really like beauty and the beast a lot too, just because I identified a lot with Belle. I liked books a lot as a kid because you were kidnapped Uh, by a man and thrown in the tower. No, I liked, I liked like reading and and learning and stuff like that a lot. Plus like she had brown hair and brown eyes and wore regular clothes. And I had brown hair and brown eyes and wore regular clothes. So it was okay, like... My wife just went on a whole diatribe about it. She's like, that green dress she's wearing, that's my dream dress. You get me that green dress like that. I've always wanted that dress. <laughs> that's so funny. It's but I mean, her coat... dress is like frumpy, right? Like that's her thing. Yeah, in, she's like in a com- real person. Until she gets to the golden, you know, ballroom dress when they... So in her defense, like the beast who is a... He's not a prince, right? He's a lord of some sort. He's like a 
Yeah, of the castle or whatever. I think yeah. they call him a prince. He's, I think he's oh, a prince. Oh, is he a prince? Okay. I think he's but, like, technically... He's well, he should he be the... gives it to her, you know? Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have anything. And she, like, is really close with her dad, and I was really close with my dad. Like, it's just, like, a lot of things about it that I really uh, identify. I probably related the most to her as, like, a character, but, it, yeah. It's really interesting when I come up with a topic for a show, it's like, let's just talk about how Pokemon cards are like crack. And when you come up with a topic for the show, it's like, no, no, I'm going to give you a dissertation. You're going to learn something today. <laughs> like when I look back at like Digimon, which is the one you ran, and then this one, I'm like, no, 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 this is very straightforward. Like we're going to go through the facts. <laughs> and so I think we should keep that going as we go forward. Like if you hear me talking up front, like if I'm going to give you the, the lowdown, Listen, this is gonna be a fun one. If you're if you're gonna hear Chelsea up front, like, listen, you're gonna learn some shit today because she actually I don't, knows how to read. <laughs> I don't want it to be a dissertation. I want it to still be fun. I oh just, no, no, like... it's still fun. No, here's the difference though. It's fun and they learn something. When it's me, it's just we're gonna laugh at Terry losing his mind for an hour. There's a difference. I still think I still had fun and I still learned something. <laughs> but tell me this: Did anyone learn anything from the toys episode? No, no, no way. Not a goddamn thing. Except for that soccer soccer boppers are soccer the devil. Boppers are fucking dangerous. I mentioned those to my wife. She was like, dude, it would send our kid flying. Like he'd be in a wall somewhere. That's true. Taking out the concrete. Dangerous, dangerous goddamn toy. And you can check that podcast out on this feed. It's the toys episode. Check it out. It's hilarious. If you want to hear us talk about other shows and movies and toys and boy bands from the 90s and 2000s and all the other things that hit you right in the feels you can stick around on this podcast channel same pod time same pod channel no I, don't I, do I don't that don't are. don't uh, do that no 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 i hated that <laughs> i love it uh bat repellent or uh shark repellent bat shark repellent uh anyways you can check all of that out here on this podcast right in the feels but if you don't know it's part of the Can't Be Killed Creations Network, and we have tons of other podcasts that you can listen to, um, like Aiming for Mediocrity, which is just silly fun, and we talk about Nicolas Cage. Can't Be Killed Creations, where I just talk shit about myself, essentially. If you didn't catch on that I'm crazy, you can hear all of the origin stories of why I'm crazy, like shitting my pants while watching Spider-Man in theaters and being arrested for ghost busting, essentially. You can check that out. If you want to hear an actual serious podcast with me on it, which is really interesting, it's not just Chelsea, okay? I know some stuff, too. I interview people in a very serious podcast called Persons of No Consequence about people that are not famous and still have stories to tell. And you can catch all of that over on can'tbekilledcreations.com if you don't want to download an app. You know, if you're a boomer, you can go to the website and check out all of that stuff. Um, Chelsea, Thank you so much for actually teaching me something today and doing the research so I could just talk shit about Lion King. Hey, it's, you know, you rip my heart out a little bit, but it's okay. I'd do it again and probably right. will. <laughs> right. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll edit out some of those problematic words I used earlier today. <laughs> yeah, I just that I mean, I just don't want it to be upsetting for anyone. You know, I agree. I, I agree. But I, I still stand by that, that all those things, those horrible things happen, though. I, I don't I do not they, like I, your movies for that I, reason. I'm not saying that they didn't, but I just, the animation is still beautiful. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not justifying the story, but I just, the world was a very different place. Not that that makes it all right. And the animation was beautiful. And if I all watch I it. Is, I don't have to, I don't it, have to justify what I said. I don't have to put any asterisks next to what I said, but you, you know, I'm just saying like, <laughs> gotta come up with a lot of defenses for your opinion uh 
Say, one of us is going to be on the right side of, of history. One of us is going to be on the wrong side of history. It's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, but also, no matter who you agree with, our hyperbole or not, check out our email address, can'tbekilledcreations at gmail.com. Email us. Tell us where you're listening. Tell you why. Tell us why you're listening, why you're not listening. Tell us all of your crazy opinions on the Disney re- Renaissance area, Robber Rabbit. Um, uh, if you think <laughs> Steven Spielberg or Stephen King are trying to get back at Blue for, uh, for <laughs> creating um, The Land Before Time and shunning him and so they made Jurassic Park. Honestly, Bluth is a great villain name. It I don't really, know why I Disney mean, hasn't I used that. Think, uh, Arrested Development because they're the Bluth family. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, you can do all of that. And this has been Right in the Fields, and we're out. <laughs>